Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LeVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Radio Nation, welcome back to page one on Blog Talk Radio with LeVar and Mary. So good to be with you on this Friday night, October 29th, the last Friday in October. Uh, after tonight, there are only nine more Fridays to be with you in 2022. Only nine more, which is insane. But uh, this year has gone fast, and then so glad if it has gone fast that I am joined by my wonderful friend Mary. How are you? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. Um, hopefully I will sound a lot better this week. Like I said, it is uh, progress. <clears throat> um, I feel a little bit better. Uh, it's been a long, <laughs> it's been a long road, uh, but I'm getting there. Not at a hundred percent yet, but I'm getting there. So, um, I do have a question though, because I know, mm-hmm. you know, Halloween this Sunday. So, once Halloween is over, or I guess this is my other question. Um, people love Halloween like they love other holidays, but when those holidays end, people immediately take down all of the uh, things that they put up for Halloween. So. Why can't people leave up Halloween um, decorations for at least a few days after Halloween? <laughs> I, I don't see the problem with that at all. I love Halloween. Leave it up all year round. <laughs> Oranges and browns. And, no, I'm just kidding. Um, What's I, a pumpkin? I am a, okay. We come back to. I'm a firm believer about time frames. November is supposed to be Thanksgiving. To be your Halloween decorations should be coming down within that first week of November, just like Christmas decorations should not come, go up until the last possible moment. So Thanksgiving, you know, what? I think Thanksgiving night or the, the last day after week of Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, I think the day after Thanksgiving. I'm okay with fine. that. Anything before that, that's pushed it. <laughs> pushed it quite a bit. Um, so are you okay with people who start putting things up maybe as early as next week for Christmas? No. I've, hang, I've hung up on people when somebody – I hung up on somebody today because they said it was nearly Christmas. That it is not nearly Christmas. It is still – I have not yet gotten to Halloween yet. So until I get to Halloween, I get to trick-or-treat in a costume – it is not nearly Christmas. I go, it's nearly July 4th. Better put out those flags. 
like it, it turns into a mess. So yeah, I was like, nope, that would be a big fat nope. Wow. You hung up on somebody just because they said we're close to Christmas? Not we're close to Christmas. It's no, nearly it's Christmas. Fine. It's Christmas. <laughs> it is not nearly Christmas. It is nearly Halloween. Mm. Wow. That's harsh, man. <laughs> yep. That would be it. Harsh. I don't know. That's uh, I will I will not mention anything about being nearly close to Christmas. Because <laughs> uh, we're not. Christmas is coming up <laughs> soon. I can handle that. Don't tell me it's Christmas. It's still Halloween. Halloween has not happened yet, people. It's Monday. Well, I guess if anything, you have to stop those people before they just uh, take over with all talk of Christmas and. We are not close to, we haven't even gotten over Thanksgiving. So for those of you out there that feel like us, you know. Nip it in the bud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not close. Not even there. (laughs) Wow. I'm just (laughs) real. Right. But you know, some music stations get a jump on the Christmas holiday by starting to play. And I know here in Chicago, locally, uh, there is a station, Light FM, here in Chicago, where the guess or the guesstimate has always been when Christmas music will start. And it goes on for 24 hours a day on the station. I think the earliest that I recall was like the first week in November. I think it was like a couple of days after the first day of November. And it will run through. Uh, pretty much uh, a few days after Christmas. And, yeah, and so for about a month and a half, you're listening to Christmas music 24-7. And I, it's usually the same songs I know that I always catch when I turn to the station. Uh, it's usually a wonderful Christmas time. Um, or, uh, yeah, it's, it's usually the Christmas songs that you recall. I guess, you know, maybe this year we should do a list of our top 20 Christmas songs of all time. <laughs> okay. I, get to look at your face. I, get to look I don't know face. that I know more than 20 Christmas songs. I know 20 Christmas <laughs> songs. Not more. Um, but, yeah. I think that's the only holiday that really has, like, songs really just, like, devoted to it. Because Halloween has a few songs. I mean, every year you could play Thriller. You can play Ghostbusters. You can play uh, Monster Mash. You know, you can play those, but Halloween doesn't really have definitive songs built around it. Thanksgiving doesn't. Fourth of July doesn't. <laughs> um, trying to think of other holidays. No. Christmas is the only holiday I know in which it probably has over 100 songs devoted to that day. So, yeah. Or loosely devoted to that day. <laughs> so, you got a lot of Christmas people out here, just like there's a lot of Halloween people, and you're all clashing somewhere along the middle. And the Thanksgiving folks are, like, stuck in the middle and don't know what to think. <laughs> so, yeah. so, for all of you who are thinking about that, 
I don't know what to tell you. Uh, tonight is going to be a little bit different on the calendar here or in a schedule of events. I am actually, after certain segments, we got retro moments of the week, but there's a big retro moment of the week that I'm going to do uh, coming up in about maybe 22 minutes or so. So if you're listening, you can actually set your watch to it, but somewhere around that at the half hour mark. Uh, it's eight minutes after the hour, but I will do a special retro moment of the week, but after a couple of the segments here, I'm going to uh, pretty much uh, put in retro moments of the week that would have normally played at its regular time. Uh, so after this segment or the Almanac segment, you may hear a retro moment of the week, and then later on you may hear another one. But uh, I have a special uh, uh, LeVar's Almanac moment coming up here later this half hour, and then we'll also take a look at what's trending. We also have um, – uh, like I said, the retro moments of the week, and maybe a couple of other surprises somewhere along the way. Uh, next week, I will tell you, it's the first uh, show of the month, actually. Um, I don't know why. You know, I was trying to think ahead, and I think we are a few weeks away, um, coming up, I think, in December, for our annual, or our second annual, Best of his show um, It's going to be here before you know it I already know mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think this year I want this to be more interactive um, So I'm asking all of you Out there oh Man I don't know I, I get scared when I go out and actually ask the general public For ideas uh, <laughs> We love you all But <laughs> I know it can happen when this happens, but um, with Festivus comes the Feats of Strength, which we can't really do because we're on the radio here. Uh, But, of course, uh, (laughs) uh, a few other things along with Festivus, but we will be doing a Festivus show this year. And I think I would ask all of you if you had something to – complain about what would be your complaint this year i know what mine's would be <laughs> right off the bat i already got five things so um yeah have you started thinking about your festivus uh <laughs> oh i've been keeping notes throughout the year <laughs> <laughs> I'll narrow it down. There's going to be some petty ones in there, you know, like I don't like that that guy flipped me off. Um, So those will be my personal festivist ones. I have a feeling that a lot of yours are going to involve people who have bad habits while they're driving. Surprisingly, no, although I do have a few. (laughs) There's a few. Right. Yeah, no. Um, but that's coming up soon. So uh definitely keep an eye out for it. We will let you know. So I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're gonna hear about it. Yes, yes you will. <laughs> You'll definitely hear about it. All in love though. Festival show coming up. Uh but today, like I said, is October twenty ninth. Um 
technically in a business sense, it's the last day of the month. Uh, the weekend's coming up. Halloween is on Sunday. I still can't get that one. Um, today is National Cat Day. Uh, it is also National Oatmeal Day, National Hermit Day, World Stroke Day, National Pharmacy Buyer Day, National Frankenstein Day. It is also National Breadstick Day. And by the way, um, Olive Garden, if you're listening, we love your breadsticks. Um, <laughs> tomorrow. Sponsor us, please. Yeah, right. National uh, Publicist Day is tomorrow. National Speak Up for Service Day. It is National Trick or Treat Day, which is always the last Saturday in October. And it is also National Candy Corn Day. You know, I was up last night, and I think I was wondering in my mind, why do people have – I don't know why all of a sudden in the last 20 years or so people have had issues with candy corn. Um, are you a candy corn fan or no? No. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I just want to know. No. You didn't hear me say no when, like, halfway through you asking the question? No. I'm not a fan of candy corn. But here's the thing. You said that there's been a lot more people saying they're not fans of candy corn. They're just speaking up now. I don't think candy (laughs) corn had a lot of fans. No, I used to love candy corn. And I was like, I couldn't eat a lot of it because it would be overwhelming. It was like you could probably get like a small little handful or even the candy corn pumpkins. Um, You would get like maybe one or two, eat it a little bit. It would be really sweet. But I don't understand. I was like, it's like, I guess it's universally loved or hated like Peeps. Peeps I hate. I don't like any part of it. I don't we like never Peeps even touched either. It. And I know there's some people that love Peeps. Love it to no end. And I was like, it's like, it's a love-hate relationship. And I've never seen anything so controversial. I would think out of all the candies in which people either love or hate, it's Peeps, candy corn, and then the other one is... Those, and I know I hated it with a passion, those candies that came in, like, the black or orange wrappers that were, like, peanut butter type, whatever it was, I hated them to no end. But some people loved them. I remember one year even getting a popcorn ball and hated it. Um, and then on Sunday, okay. yeah, it's just me. Uh, and on Sunday, it is Halloween, uh, Girl Scout Founders Day. National Doorbell Day, <laughs> that would be on Halloween, uh, National Caramel Apple Day, or car- caramel, or whatever you want to call it, um, and then two particular things of note on Sunday. It is National Magic Day, which I'm a fan of magic, love magic, and it is also National Knock Knock Jokes Day on Sunday. But yes, I would ask and if you have knock, knock any. Jokes. Are you asking me? Yeah. Do you have any good ones? <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Well, knock knock. Who's there? Did you say? Okay. No. Thank no, you. I said... You're welcome. (laughs) 
<laughs> I shouldn't laugh. That was awful. That was awful. <laughs> you you asked. <laughs> I gave you one. <laughs> there was. I had a good one a couple of years ago, but I have since forgotten it. You know, I've forgotten more jokes than I could ever tell. So, um, but yeah, I I forgot no good. There was a good one that I had, but it's gone. You know, here's the thing. There's the standard one. Do you know what the standard one is for little kids? Mm -mm. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow who? No. <laughs> it's awful. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> you called my joke awful? <laughs> I, I didn't say it was. I said this is a standard kid's joke. I didn't say that was good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then on Monday, um, a lot of things happening. National Authors Day starts the month of November. National Calzone Day is on Monday. National Cinnamon Day. National Deep Fried Clams Day. National Cook for Your Pets Day. Uh, is also Autistic Speaking Day. Uh, Bi- Biologic Coordinators Day. Biologic Coordinators Day. Sorry, I'm trying to get that out. Uh, Family Literacy Day. Vinegar Day. Color the World Orange Day. So if you see a lot of people wearing orange the first Monday in November, is that. It is Job Action Day. And then on Tuesday, it's Traffic Directors Day, National Ohio Day, which, uh, yeah. Um, it is also National Deviled Eggs Day on Tuesday. Mm. Uh, Wednesday, National Stress Awareness Day, National Housewives Day, and National Sandwich Day. I know a lot of sandwich places are doing specials. Um on that day. And then next Thursday, it is National Chicken Lady Day, uh, National Men Make Dinner Day. It says they must cook. No barbecue is allowed. Um, National Cashback Day and National Candy Day. So there you go. Well, of course uh, it's National we'll Candy Day. <laughs> uh, I would ask you Growing up uh, Well not growing up But well, even then, Growing up When you went trick or treating Did you steal your uh, Siblings candy No Mostly because we had to live In the same house And we beat each other up But we did dump candy All into a pile And my parents did The whole <gasps> check it To make sure there weren't no, There were no razor blades And then I like different candy than my sisters do. So, and my sisters like different candy than I do. Like, we all kind of have different ones. So, yeah, we would just kind of, these are all mine and these are all yours. And we'd end up with similar size piles. And then, you know, because she's the youngest, she would get the young, my youngest sister would get the smallest pile until she got big enough to fight us, too. A small stomach. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so bad. Um. Well, 
wherever you all are at, I hope that you have a safe Halloween. I, I hope that no one out here, because this is such a crazy world now. And, and now you hear about, uh, I mean, even back then people did things, but now it's kind of like you you really don't know who's safe, who's not, who's doing something hideous. Just be careful. Uh, be on the lookout and don't let your kids eat anything until you've had a chance to inspect it. So but just have fun. Um, yeah, I guess that would all, that's all I would say about Halloween. I'm not going to say anything about Christmas because at that point, Mary's going to hang up. Um, <laughs> one of the stories this week um, involves comic Dave Chappelle. And I know, I don't know. I didn't, I don't have, you know, I, don't really watch a lot of TV, so I can't really tell you, and I, and I, I can't really tell you what happened in his uh, comedy special on Netflix. But I do know that he said that he would be willing to meet uh, with trans workers at Netflix after their criticism of his recent special, The Closer, uh, but was far from conciliatory in a video that he released on his Instagram page. Uh, he pretty much said that I said what I said, and boy, I heard what you said. My God, how could I not? Uh, but he was also clear that he was not bending to anybody's demands. Uh, LGBTQ groups have pushed back against the closer because of what they say is dangerous language that could encourage harm against members of that community. Uh, Chappelle insisted he is not transphobic. Part of his special includes details of a friendship he had with a transgender comedian who died by suicide. He said, in quote, everyone I know from that community has been nothing but loving and supporting, so I don't know what all of this nonsense is about. Uh, while Chappelle said he would meet with people who were interested, he said he would not be summoned and made three demands. He said, first of all, you cannot come if you have not watched my special from beginning to end. You must come to a place of my choosing and a time of my choosing. And thirdly, you must admit that Hannah Gadsby is not funny. Gadsby is a trans comedian from Australia. Uh, Chappelle has also rallied against cancel culture in a five-minute video saying, you said you want a safe working environment at Netflix, he said. Well, it seems like I'm the only one that can't go to the office anymore. He told the crowd he's been uninvited from film festivals and distri uh, distributors are balking pretty much at picking up his documentary, uh, Untitled. He announced a 10-city November tour to show the movie. Uh, he said, in quote, thank God for Ted Sarandos at Netflix. He's the only one that didn't cancel me yet. Well, thinking about uh, what he has said, what's been going on, and everything else in regards to – um, with comedians and especially in the last year or two having to either say something and then backtrack or uh, say something and having to defend it, it seems like we are now in a different age of comedians now and where you almost kind of have to walk a fine line of your commentary on what's going on in the world. And like I said, I have not seen Dave Chappelle's full comments about what he said. Uh, but from a general standpoint, uh, I guess my question to you is, you know, at this point in which um, he is trying to rail against a cancel culture that is affecting comedians, uh, and I know that some people have seen it in music, um, is there, and I guess my question, I guess it's out here for everybody now, because 
are there some things that are bad and biting when it is said um, in a way in which it's meant, but if it's coming from a comedian who is trying to be entertaining, is it different? Should comedians get a pass, or are we in a different era now where comedians pretty much almost have to, quote-unquote, be bland and not attack certain groups? to be funny or does this kind of harm really what they do? Oh, God. Um, I had to start with the hard one, didn't you? Um, Yeah, I know. Well, try to get it out of the way. We don't want to end on it. (laughs) Right. Um, I like comedians. Comedians make me laugh. A day without laughter is a day wasted. And I think people need to be able to look at themselves and look at people around themselves and the people that they surround themselves with that um, be able to laugh at certain things. Now, I'm going to say something, and I have a feeling that I'm going to get a backlash from it, but hear me out. Stereotypes are there for a reason. And in a way, the stereotypes are funny because they're true. Um, now, I'm not saying that all people fit all stereotypes. I'm also saying that there are stereotypes out there that need to go away. Um, there are stereotypes in the world that absolutely need to stop. However, there are stereotypes out there that are true. I'm sorry. When I can listen to a couple of notable comedians speaking about a way that I grew up and my my mom and, and our family and the way things were, I could go and point at a day in my life and go, that happened that day. And I laugh. But yet, in the culture that we're in, by saying that, you're offending someone. Um being offensive to just be offensive to get a rise out of somebody, I don't agree with. I don't mm-hmm. agree with somebody making fun of something just to be, look, I'm making fun of it. Right. Um, if it's a very, if it's about your life, if it's about specifically you, the way that you grew up, if it's stuff that you witnessed, if it's the kind of things and you're like, hey, listen, here, this is what I'm laying out to you. I'm not going to be necessarily offended by that. And if I am, I don't have to see your show. That's the best part of this. I don't ever have to go back to your show. I don't ever have to watch you on Netflix. I don't ever have to click on any of your ads on YouTube. It's great. It's wonderful. (sighs) It's just a very fine line to walk. And I don't know that anybody can walk that line. And there are so many people that are... That there is, it is a cancel culture. You, there is a, there is a, the line that people have to walk. But then there's also people are going back in history and saying, well, you said this back then. Well, I'm sorry. You can point at my life ten years ago. You can point at my life twenty years ago, and I said some stupid crap. I said stupid crap last week. <laughs> I'm not saying that you shouldn't say to me now. That would have offended me, and it does offend me. And I don't know if that is how you feel now, but that does offend me. If you come up to me and you say, hey, Mary, you said this 10 years ago. 
it's offensive. I can't believe you said it. I don't like that you said it. Do you still feel this way? And ask that and honestly answer yes or no and have a good discussion about it, then I'm okay with that. But if you say, Mary, you said this 10 years ago, and because you said this 10 years ago, even though I didn't know you 10 years ago, I didn't hire you 10 years ago, I didn't have anything to do with you 10 years ago, I'm still going to fire you because you could say this again, even though that was 10 years ago, and in the past 10 years, I haven't seen you say it since. I don't like that. And that's where that comedian line is because people are looking at their jokes and they're saying, but in 10 years, people might be offended. Right. I don't know what people are going to do in 10 years. I don't have the crystal ball. So it's it's a weird line to, to walk. And to, I don't know that anybody should get a pass, but I also don't think that anybody should have to worry, especially if their job is to entertain people, as long as they are doing it in such a way that is, you can't say acceptable because there's people out there that don't accept that. But then acceptable to their audience. How's that? That is the tough part because I, I could tell where you were kind of going and what you want to say. And I was going to say that's a tough part because at times that person that's offended is thinking that it's coming from a hateful stance. So it's kind of almost like how can you tell that it was not being biting or how can you tell it was not coming from a specific place? But like you said, it's it's tough being – I would think it's tough really being a comedian now because you really mm-hmm. have to walk, like I said, on eggshells that fine line as not to um, offend anyone or hurt anyone. And you don't come from that in that place. You come from it from trying to entertain people, tell a story. And if people know, Dave Chappelle is a little bit of a different comedian. Uh, this week, uh, the same comedian, Mort Saul, passed away. And he was really one of the first people that came from that educational, you know, it wasn't like the, hey, you know, take my wife, please, or like some, you know, stand by joke. He came at it from a political way, and he came at it from, you know, uh, commentary on society. And Dave Chappelle is from that branch of comedians who, when you watch them, they are coming at it from, you know, hey, this is my take on what's going on with this situation, this situation, this situation, and try to spin a comedic way on it. Um, while I can't say because, like I said, I didn't watch it, but I've watched other uh, Dave Chappelle stand-ups and monologues that he's done, is that and I'm not defending him by any means, like I said, because I haven't seen it. So I don't know the exact words that were said, but I know that he does it from a way in which it is uh, funny at the same time, honest, and at the same time, a commentary on what is going on in society. I don't think he ever comes at it from a standpoint of, Oh, I'm going to go out and say this about this group or this group and offend people and, you know, just take uh, hate that I have and say this. And I think that people have to remember that when it is comedians and look, you almost have to read it for what it is and their history and how you know them. And if this is one of the first things about Dave Chappelle that they are uh, upset about, uh, I'm not 
fully out here saying that, hey, you got to have to get them the benefit of the doubt. But I do hope that uh, people from Netflix who are upset uh, have a chance to sit down and talk with him. Does it help that he's kind of like dictating how and when this happens? Yeah, a little bit. Kind of hurts because I wish he would just say, hey, let's sit down and talk. We'll do it here. We'll do it on this date. And just make sure you watch the whole thing before we sit down and talk. Don't just come because you probably heard it from somebody else. And I get that because he wants to make sure that you actually saw it and that you understood exactly what it was he said. Um, But it is a very fine line for comedians, and I think that when it comes to cancel culture, there are, yes, some particular things that are coming from hate from people that deserve to be almost canceled. I'm going to say it right here and right now. It deserves to be because it has no place in society. Uh, As far as other people, if I mean, there's a lesson to be learned. Uh, if they're, and like I said, this is hard because I know people are going to be like, well, if one person says something wrong, how come the other person doesn't get canceled? You got to know where it's coming from, and sometimes it is what it is. And if that person has a history of hate or saying hateful things, more than likely it came from a place of hate. You have to know a person's history. And if, you know, you take a look at it and other groups uh, or they have worked with other groups in spite of what they said on the stage, you look at how they are outside of that that stage because a lot of things that are said there are for entertainment purposes um, or to make you laugh or think. And I would hope that from his sketch that it's now making people think. I don't think he would come at it from hate, but – uh, like I said, I haven't seen it, and hopefully sooner than later they will all meet and they will talk and they will have an understanding of where he was coming from. And hopefully he has an understanding of where they're coming from as well. So um, I have – this is going to be weird. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, the first retro moment of the evening uh, is going to play. When we come back, I kind of have a more extended retro moment because of an anniversary that's coming up tomorrow um, and a little bit of a backstory behind it. So we'll be back. Here's the first retro moment of the night. On my signal, begin. The game that moves at the speed of light. From Worlds of Wonder, stadium not included. So, uh, normally at this time, uh, well, a few minutes ago, you would have heard the retro moment of the week. That was one of them for tonight. But I have a special section tonight that I want to kind of, from LeVar's almanac, because every once in a while, something new, something interesting. Tomorrow night is an anniversary. Uh, Do you know what happened on the night of October 30th, 1938? I have no idea. PM, Sunday, October 30th, 1980, 1938. Wait, 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 wait. I have something now. I think I probably know. Go ahead. (laughs) No, go ahead. I feel bad. Does this have to do with Orwell? H.G. Uh, H. Wells, in a novel, 
uh, The War of the Worlds uh, and Orson mm-hmm. Welles. <laughs> so uh, 8 p.m. on Sunday, October 30th, 1938, over the Columbia Broadcasting System was the Mercury Theater of the Air. And that night, uh, filmmaker Orson Welles uh, decided to do an adaptation of H.G. Wells's novel. And to talk about the program in itself would probably take us almost an hour and how it changed uh, media and just how powerful it was. But just to kind of give you a short little background into that, because there were a lot of big names that night who were involved in that. And I wish I could probably, and maybe next year, do like a special program on it itself and maybe even play the episode. I almost want to do it in place of tonight's show. Uh, but the techniques that were used on there uh, were something that really never had been heard uh, before. And the famed producer, John Hausman, uh, and Wells, and the associate producer, Paul Stewart, together thought that they would adapt a work of science fiction. But at the last minute, uh, they went with different things that they had in mind, then they decided to do The War of the Worlds. Uh, that Tuesday night, 36 hours before rehearsals were set to begin, uh, they just didn't think that it would be credible enough to put over the air. And then they decided to change certain parts of the script and how it would be presented, uh, reworking it right up to the last minute, uh, as at that time, CBS Radio wanted them to do it live, not taped. Something that they probably would change their minds on afterward. And they did it as if it was live programming mixed in with news bulletins. And Orson Welles, in using, quote, the music programming throughout the show, wanted the music to play for unbearably long stretches of time. And the studio's emergency fill-in was heard several times as it played on and on. Uh, it became more sinister. The piano was pretty much the neatest trick of the show. Uh, also on that night, and what happened and why a lot of people thought it was an actual invasion, was that <laughs> – because if you listen to the World of Worlds, the program at the beginning introduces the Mercury Theater on the air. Orson Welles comes on and talks about, you know – the program that was to come up. And that night, a lot of people think that it was because NBC's Red Network at that time, which was the Chase and Sanborn Hour with Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, according to the Hooper ratings, the most popular national program in 1938 was that show. Because that night, over the Blue Network, it was out with the West with Ernest Gill and his orchestra from San Francisco, Mutual Hat On, the WOR Symphony, and the Colonial Network in New England carried Father Coughlin's paid program. So nobody was really watching those, but everybody was listening to the Chase and Tamborn Hour. And after that 30-minute mark, probably went over, changed the channel, and then they heard probably what I will be playing here next for you, uh, which is two minutes of the program, but it was two minutes enough as to where if you were listening to it and you had just tuned in, some people probably did think that night that, something was amiss. The fallout you've since heard about, but I'm going to play for you two minutes of the War of the Worlds, picking up at the point of where people probably would have been tuning in and why they were confused. And here, this retro moment, this almanac moment for tonight, 
is a part of the world of the world as it was heard almost what 82 years ago tomorrow uh october 30th uh, 1938 here you go we are bringing you an eyewitness account of what's happening on the Wilmoth Farm, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. We now return you to Carl Phillips at Grover's Mill. Ladies and gentlemen, my on? Ladies and gentlemen... Ladies and gentlemen, here I am, back of a stone wall that adjoins Mr. Wilma's garden. From here, I get a sweep of the whole scene. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk and as long as I can see. The more state police have arrived. They're drawing up a cordon in front of the pit. About 30 of them. No need to push the crowd back now. They're willing to keep their distance. The captain's conferring with someone. Can't quite see who. Oh, yes, I believe it's Professor Pearson. Yes, it is. Now, now they've parted and the professor moves around one side... Studying the object while the captain and two policemen advance with something in their hands. I can see it now. It's a white handkerchief tied to a pole. Flag of truce. If those creatures know what that means, what anything means. Wait a minute. Something's happening. A humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from the mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. Strikes him head on. Lord, they're turning into flames. Ah! Now the whole field's caught up by the woods. The fires, the, the gas tanks, tanks of the automobiles are spreading everywhere. It's coming this way now, about 20 yards to my right. Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Grover's Mill. Evidently, there's some difficulty with our field transmission. However, we will return to that point at the earliest opportunity. In the meantime, we have a late bulletin from San Diego, California. Professor Indelkoffer, speaking at a dinner of the California Astronomical Society, expressed the opinion that the explosions on Mars are undoubtedly nothing more than severe volcanic disturbances on the surface of the planet. We continue now with our piano interlude. And that was a snippet of the world of War of the Worlds. 1938. Now, that cut off from where the gentleman was reporting. That was all that. They did that to make it seem entirely like an actual newscast, like something had gone wrong, and it kept cutting in through what was a show within a show, which is why a lot of people probably got confused on that night, thinking that it was the real thing. But it was a genius part of work on Orson Welles, even though for a while he was – Probably somebody who a lot of networks didn't want to have doing too many things, but Orson Welles, of course, went on to have his own wonderful career, and it didn't bother him much, but that is from the Almanac from tonight. <laughs> and I, I, after you started to say something, like, I knew what it was, I was like, I know it's War of the Worlds, I know it's War of the Worlds, and for some reason, I wanted to say it was, instead of, Instead of Orson Welles or HG, I don't know what I, my brain was thinking, but it was not <laughs> on point tonight. So I do apologize for not having that known, <laughs> but I did not. Have you actually listened to the entire broadcast? It's amazing. 
Here's the thing. I heard it a long time ago, and it's been so long that I feel I need to go back and hear it again. Now, one of the nerdiest things that Mary knows about me and that probably a lot of you don't know about me is that um, when it comes to old-time radio programs, uh, I have my own collection (laughs) as well as uh, classic broadcast and things of that nature. And I pretty much love uh, all of the old shows and you know, probably my favorite genres were the detective and the Western and the comedy shows. Um, science fiction, really not so much. I know, though, a lot of people were X-1 fans, and, you know, they love that show. But um, I had heard it a long time ago, and even when I heard it, because you hear at the top of the broadcast the introduction to the show and Orson Welles talking, and you even hear Orson Welles throughout the the show in different roles. So I don't know why people didn't pick up on that. (laughs) But uh, the fallout from it was just something, but it's been a while. And uh, and it's something to, you know, now you can go online on YouTube, pull it up and listen to it. So if you really want to go back tomorrow night and listen to it as it originally was heard, I would recommend that as I'm sure you probably would too, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it was great. And then after you listen to the War of the Worlds, you can watch that awful C movie. It's not even a B movie. <laughs> Mars Attack. And you'll understand some of the like how intricate and how funny Mars Attacks is based on them hearing the War of the Worlds. It, it it's an it's a nice homage. It's very it's very well done. In my opinion, um, I know, but I like kooky comedy, so um, for me, it was fun. But yeah, it's like it's a really good listen. Yes, indeed. Uh, really quick from the yay or nay files. Uh, the not only candy company Archie McPhee is selling six packs of hot dog flavored candy canes for six dollars and fifty cents. They are really popular, so you can sign up to get an email when you have more in stock. Uh, they've been selling odd candy cane flavors for a while now. Their other flavors include bacon, sardines, ketchup, kale, pickles, pizza, and mac and cheese. Uh, you can check them out at com. I already don't have to ask you if that is a yay or nay for you. Uh, That's a you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is a nay. Um, <laughs> but uh, one more thing on Halloween before uh, we close the book on it for this year. Um, there has been a study that has come out, which is interesting, a recent study from CandyStore.com, an online candy retailer specializing in bulk shipments, is giving new insight into the most popular Halloween treats in each state. This is something last week we talked about the fears in each state. Uh, this week is the popular Halloween candies um, Halloween, uh, from chocolate-covered um, coast of California and Florida to the sweet and sour plains of Nebraska and South Dakota. As expected, most major candy brands are well represented, but at least a few surprising contenders appear to perform much better than anticipated. Uh, to come to this year's findings, the analyst at CandyStore.com drew on 14 years of sales data, focusing primarily on bulk candy sales in the months leading up to Halloween. Uh, The country as a whole, according to the study, appears to prefer Reese's Cups 
over all other brands, Skittles, M&M's, Starburst, and perhaps surprisingly, the hot tamales rounded out the top five. Not really that big of a Reese's Cups fan. Um, a complete list uh, can be found at candystore.com. But to help you out, because we're here in Illinois, Illinois, the top leading candy was Sour Patch Kids. Out in Nevada, uh, the leading candy was Hershey's Kisses. Hmm. Not double something that bubble. I normally eat a lot of, but... Right, right. And double bubble gum was leading in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, Blow Pops led in Ohio. We can leave your joke there at the door. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lot of Butterfingers, uh, Hershey's Mini Bars in West Virginia, uh, and then, of course, Mary's favorite place, Wyoming, it was Reese's Cups. <laughs> there we go. I knew I liked Wyoming for a reason. <laughs> My favorite M&M's led in a couple of states, Milky Way's in Missouri, by the way, uh, and in Louisiana, Lemonheads. You sound surprised by that. That doesn't really surprise me that much. Georgia had Swedish fish <laughs> and almond joys in Connecticut. I knew they were boring. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave that joke behind, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fitting for Nut, National Nut Day, which was <laughs> last week. Could have used it last week, but you didn't. I didn't use it last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, quickly taking a look at what's trending, uh, AEW Rampage is trending along with Ian Anderson as the Braves' starting pitcher Ian Anderson was pulled from the mound after throwing five no-hit innings in Game 3 of the World Series tonight. Uh, SmackDown is trending. Uh, also, uh, I know I'm going to show my age, but Cardi is trending as Playboy Cardi uh, just bought little Uzi Vert out on stage at Rolling Loud, which is going on. <laughs> um, and also, Happy Halloween is trending tonight. Um, Almond Joy is trending. Speaking of Almond Joy, uh, that is trending because uh, someone had posted online, uh, they had a bunch of mini bars, and they said, in what order should I eat these? So they had five, okay? Uh, the bars that were on uh, the desk were a Reese's Cup, an Almond Joy, a Kit Kat, Snickers, and a Twix. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but Almond Joy is trending tonight. So, um, <laughs> and then also trending, uh, because I know that after this show, 
uh, you were probably going to go play it. Uh, Mario Party Superstars. <laughs> so, was trending today for a little while. I guess it's back mm-hmm. or something going on with that. I guess you can. <laughs> is there uh, <laughs> is there a video game expert? Can it become the gaming correspondent or something? You're what a gaming correspondent right for this show. <laughs> for this show. Got it. Yeah. Yes, you are the gaming correspondent slash uh, correspondent on people who are on Twitch or um, Discord. So, yes, you, when it comes to that, I I bow to your superior judgment. Twitch, Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> yes. Um I have no idea what was going on with that. <laughs> well, you can tell us next week. I, 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 I don't know. I'll tell you next week. I'll tell you next week. Now, let people trend to what they're trending, because right now it's an opinion, so I'm not going to voice until I'll do it next week. <laughs> yeah. uh, let people make their own opinions week. kind of thing. You're right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> final story this evening. Uh, comes from the sports world. And uh, if you've been watching baseball this uh, playoffs, you know that managers have been going to the bullpen a lot uh, in the playoffs, and one organization is calling for a change. No, not about the game, but rather the term bullpen itself. PETA, the animal rights organization, is proposing that MLB renames the bullpen to a more animal-friendly name. The suggestion? The Arm Barn. God, From in a press release, they say words matter in baseball, quote, bullpens devalue talented players and mock the misery of sensitive animals. Uh, in a press release, they said that Peter encourages Major League Baseball coaches, announcers, players, and fans to change up their language and embrace the arm barn instead. In non-baseball terms, a bullpen usually refers to the holding area where bulls are kept before being slaughtered. And Peter noted that the cattle are treated brutally and are hung upside down with their throats slit in the meat industry. Bulls are also kept in bullpens during rodeos where they're tormented into kicking and bucking by being electroshocked or uh, prodded. (laughs) So, yes, they want the name of the bullpen to change to the arm barn. Um, I don't know what clip I'm going to play. So I am actually going to let you choose one. Um, well, you know what? Let's well, play you one. have to play one for yourself. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you I'm have gonna, to play I'm one for yourself. Out. I can play one. No, you know, for, <laughs> well, uh, okay. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> That's a good one. I was going to say, it's a no uh, for me, dog. Uh, I'll get to that one. I can also... What the hell's going on out here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We can also do... I'm here to tell you right now. We don't care. Let me tell you. We don't care. (laughs) Yes. To all of them. 
It's and definitely a no for me, dog. No. I'm sorry. Do these people even watch baseball? The arm farm? Yeah. <laughs> no. The no. arm barn. <laughs> Like, if you want to, okay, I understand the whole, like, hey, bullpen, bulls, they get hung upside down, and their throats are slit, and kicked and prodded and electrocuted so that rodeo kids can, you know, ride them. Okay, I get it. Uh, you want to change it. Fine. I'm not, I'm not opposed to changing it. It doesn't make sense to change it, but I'm not opposed to changing it. But arm barn, like, really, that's the best you came up with? None of y'all watch freaking baseball. Well, like you said, we 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 are pretty much mocking it because of the name of what they want to change. And even then, it's been a bullpen forever, and all of us are sensitive to the plight of animals, and 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 especially us. But after all this time, (laughs) to ask for it to be the arm barn, lighten up, Francis. That was a good one. Really? That was a good one, yes. Um, but then again, we can also... Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. No, we really don't. <laughs> we empty them all out. But yes, I mean, it. yeah, it. no, no, no. We're <laughs> <laughs> just in that on a, no. just a flat out, flat out no. <laughs> Go back to the... Um, yeah, go back and kind of think of something else. <laughs> With that, yes, the clock is telling us that we're just about running out of time. So, uh, any shout-outs this week? Um, actually, there is one um, right now on Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. Um, a friend of mine is yes. playing – I don't do it well enough uh, – is playing a game called Sea of Thieves. Um, while he's playing, he's actually raising money for a charity along with a group of other streamers. So it, it doesn't have to necessarily be the person I'm friends with. It could be anybody that's within the group of B42. Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, the charity is about uh, best friends. Uh, let me just do these. It's B42 Cares charity event, best friends. And you can donate. It's, it has to do it's, Funnily, funnily enough, it has to do with um, <laughs> animals. So uh, it's about um, dogs and cats and shelter animals and that kind of thing. You can ha- donate at tiltify.com, Best Friends Halloween Charity. Um, if you do a Google search for that or go to Tiltify and do a search, you should be able to find it. Where's he at? He is on, well, Mr. Deviation 11 is streaming currently on Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. Charity. (laughs) And the charity is at tiltify.com under B42 Best Friends Charity Events. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure 
<laughs> we had to make sure we had our. Uh... <laughs> oh man! But no, definitely, folks, go over there um, and support if you can. We thank you always for things uh, doing that. Um, but beyond that, though, um, no shout-outs here. Uh, this is uh, one of those rare evenings where I don't have any shout-outs. As a matter of fact, I'm more shocked we did this show in an hour because I had nothing. Goes <laughs> 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 the show, we know how to fill an hour because I wasn't even sure that this would go an hour. I was for sure that this was going to go at least 45 minutes. Like, but we did an hour. I'm actually uh, I'm proud of us. But uh, <laughs> we're here every Friday night, uh, nine more Fridays, uh, to be with you here in the year of 2021. So we hope that you are able to join us for those Friday nights, 10 o'clock Eastern time, 9 o'clock Central, tell a friend. Um, and we are thankful for you for um, listening. And we hope that you hear us not only here but on iHeartRadio, or the Apple uh, podcast options, where we're at, and then follow us wherever we're at, whether it is Mary's page, my page, we're there. Uh, But we'll see you next Friday night, and um, yeah, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you then. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.